Welcome to the Chasing Passion Podcast. My name is Dom and I'm your host. Each week, I bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing it. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin. This week's guest is Kevin McTiernan. He is currently an enterprise architect. Kevin has extensive experience in data and analytics, particularly in being a leader and developing products and managing large-scale projects. Kevin is passionate about creating value for the business by harnessing structured frameworks and data-driven solutions in order to produce actionable insights. Kevin has progressed quickly through the career ladder and was shared process in doing so. Without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Hey Kevin, uh, thanks for coming on the show, really appreciate it. Thanks Dom, thanks for getting me up nice and early this morning for this. <laughs> no problem for that. Um, so yeah, the first question I have for you is, what's your background? Um, so I'm uh, probably just a typical lad from Leitrim, um, grew up in countryside um, in a town in, in the northwest. I uh, love the GA, um, and um, yeah, I just kind of like hanging around with my friends, a um, lot of country stuff, um, farming and stuff like that, and um, ended up going to Limerick um, to mm-hmm. do maths, and ended up in Dublin after I finished up in university. And okay, and what do you currently do? Um, so I've recently um, moved roles. Um, I started off in business intelligence um, six years, six and a half years ago, um, doing um, reporting, uh, building da- dashboards, and I moved into various roles. Um, in that, um, starting like doing data insights. Um, I suppose with my maths background, um, I've always been quite passionate about numbers and, um. I find, kind of fell into a role that I kind of enjoyed and I was kind of getting on fairly well at and kind of started pursuing a master's at the same time. So I was sponsored for a master's in data analytics and um, had a variety of roles in data engineering, architecture, um, modeling, um, and then kind of found myself in management um, a couple of years down the line. And I've recently had two two new roles, kind of been a business a business manager for and uh, like a, a kind of senior executive maybe for the last few months, kind of acting in term um, through which was a, tr- a transition that they were working on, and um, I kind of took the opportunity to kind of take a step back, and um, I have now find myself in enterprise architecture. So I've moved across um, uh, into a new role um, where I'm not the expert and I don't know what I'm talking about, and I'm learning again at the moment. So um, that's kind of in a nutshell my my roles in, in AV for the last few years. Interesting. Um, so you've obviously been in different roles. Um, which one did you enjoy the most? Like, was it management, uh, architecture, engineering? Um, I don't know um, if I can say. Um, I think the, the key to all the roles has been that um, I've been working on new projects. Um, they've been, in, they've been I- interesting or... Um, innovative in my eyes and I've been learning so I think um, the fact that I was kind of working on interesting new projects and combination when I was learning new new, new things um, it kept my it, I would be motivated to, to work on things like that um, I think I've enjoyed I suppose the reason I've stayed in the one in one organisation as long as I have is because I've enjoyed my time in the organisation I've got opportunities to learn and to work on these interesting projects work with some interesting people um, and I think that's why so I don't have to pick one um, probably 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 architecture role um, a couple of years ago where I suppose I had a I felt I had a sweet spot of um, being able to interact with the business and um, technology um, 
or yeah. it's more development pieces at the same time, which kind of a sweet spot for me. And what motivates you? Um, <laughs> it's probably different things. Um, I think the bottom, I suppose, for first couple of years, um, fear. Um, maybe first three, fear. first three years, four years, maybe fear. Um, fear of not succeeding. Um, fear of letting people down. Um, fear of not doing as well as you can do. Um, and that was probably up until the point I finished my masters. That was probably my primary driver. Um, and um, and it kind of kind of feeds more into probably um, uh, livelihood and I suppose being able to have a sustainable future and all, all those sorts of things and able to look after yourself and look after your family and I suppose the future kind of I'd, I'd, I'd kind of worry about that and kind of um, like we're quite we're quite fortunate I think but if you look at um, um, you, I suppose you've got to earn your right to to get things and to uh, yeah. get where you need to go um, so you need to that, that drives me on a lot um, just in terms of the future I suppose and looking after um, my family and things like that um, look, being able to look after myself and doing things that I want to be able to do I guess um, along second third along then would be I like working like I like progressing in my career I like the um, seeing opportunities for growth and, and because that goes back to the learning the learning piece um, and um I guess um, also I, I do like working in roles where um, I feel my, my kind of my thoughts are um, are valued and that my opinion is um, is counted and things like that. So that's been kind of a big part of the roles I've been in as well. That I've, um, I've enjoyed them roles where like I've got to work on a couple of strategies, um, like uh, technology strategies and data strategies over the last couple of years, mm. and to be even um, asked to I suppose, work on projects is quite. Like I enjoyed that kind of um, uh, being asked to do that kind of stuff. And were you always this driven? Uh, what kind of person were you in school? Um, school. No, I definitely wasn't. Um, I was probably uh, like, like I wanted to be a carpenter when I was fourteen. Um, like I, my my uncles and all my family work. Um, I suppose the male role models in my family worked in construction mm. um, I used to work on it myself I used to love doing it um, it was great, great fun, learned a lot of stuff um, hard work as well um, but I suppose around the time the, I suppose around the time of the recession was before that I was probably thinking about doing engineering and again that's kind of back to my thing in maths and enjoying doing maths in school but um, I didn't think uh with the kind of with the recession had gone that it was the best career to go down in Ireland so I kind of went down the maths route back to the question about how I actually was in school I probably I wasn't I was probably in the middle middle of the road somewhere um, I wasn't overly driven um, I didn't I suppose I was fortunate enough that I I knew the points that I needed um, and I was they weren't high at the time um, like the, for, 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 for what they weren't that high they, um, and it was achievable for me so I didn't have to overly push myself mm-hmm. Um, what I would say is I was very naive. Um, I went into college and university and it was a bit of an eye-opener. I didn't really... Uh, again, back to the rural town in Ireland, um, Like there was things like even simple things like people were studying... I'd studied economics in school and I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know I could take applied maths as a second subject if I wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. Like I could have done a lot better. I'm really, I, I would look at it and I could have done a lot better um, if I had known those things or if I suppose if I was more bothered... Um, probably um learning um maybe going forward for me and um, if that ever happens in my situation just to explore them ideas because i just didn't 
Um, it wasn't available in my school, and because it wasn't, I kind of just went, well, that's, that's, not, that's not an option for me, which wasn't actually the case. Mm. Um, so that was, so yeah, somewhere in the middle of the road, it seems good. Mm. It was a bit of a headache for teachers, but now, now and again, but like, that's part of growing, growing up as well. But. <laughs> exactly. And knowing everything you know now, uh, what advice would you give to 20 year old Kevin? Sorry, um, I think um, the the major one I look back on is just the time wise. Um, like, I think it's good to travel. I went on a J1. Probably wish I went on a second J one. I probably, went, I probably wish I went on Erasmus because you just don't get that time back. It's a, just a great opportunity to go do things, and um, see different cultures and work, like just explore a bit and try and find yourself. Um, in terms of like career, um, I'm not sure if that's a career question. Is that more of a is it just a general question? Yeah. What advice would you give, like in general? If you have back back in time, I suppose yeah, do like explore the idea. Probably doing Erasmus more than I did. Um, in terms of career, probably. Um, I probably worked a lot that um, there's a probably quote that if um, if your only tool is a hammer, every solution looks like, a, or if your only tool is a hammer, basically every solution looks like a nail or like hammer mm. to have nails mm. kind of solution. And I probably, my way of working for the first couple of years was probably just to work really, really hard um, when I got, when I started and that kind of comp- like compounded when I was doing a master's as well. So it was just like, um, you know, half eight to maybe six and then into college and a um, couple of hours and then assignments at the weekend and that was fine but what you realise is that you there's probably a better way of doing things um, there's uh, work smarter that type of idea mm-hmm. um, talk to people like there's different ways of learning I suppose there's like on the job learning which is like it's a 70 20 10 rule which is like 70% is on the job 20% is talking to people 10% is actually formal learning everyone thinks you learn stuff off course online and things like that but actually I was doing development. Maybe I was better going off into a software development role for twelve months. Um, I missed the opportunity to go. Um, I was doing my thesis. I should have moved into a different function for a comment because I would have got to work with a different team for six months, trying to learn about something through like an academic purpose rather than actually going in to do it in um, getting the getting the experience and working with different people. Um, so I would my probably biggest thing if I was going back would be to talk to myself about like. Um, way about mapping out the steps the options of how you actually deliver on that um because i kind of didn't i was tunnel visioned in that the blunt the blinkers were on and i was just running down the racetrack if that makes sense um i don't know if i was i'm not sure that was the when you kind of look up when you kind of take the blinkers off are you actually going in the right direction mm. or was there better was there a shorter way to go mm-hmm. that's the kind of we might have gone around around the wrong way so that would be my advice to myself when i was 20 i suppose mm. okay and you obviously have an interest in business and I found out that you declined to do an MBA. Would that be correct? Yeah, that's and why did you do that? That's true. Um so um yeah, this is probably one of the thinking differently or working differently or planning differently that I've actually probably taken on board since. Um yeah, I applied to do um uh, my MBA an MBA in Smurfit there. Um mm-hmm just before Christmas and I got accepted shortly in January, February timeline. And um I just I just I I did my research. I I suppose looked at where I was going. I um talked to people that had done um MBAs, I talked to people that had done um PhDs in kind of um advanced analytics and um predictive modeling and data science and that type of thing. I suppose I was very kind of my, my thinking at the time was I want to be in like data data analytics career for the moment 
Um, and I suppose the MBA would help me in the kind of management leadership position. That was kind of the goal. Um, on council and just research, I kind of found out that, that there's different ways to go about it. Like I could easily create a career map or career steps to actually get my mini MBA without doing an MBA. Um, like I haven't actually turned it down, I just deferred it. Um, so I have the option to do it in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was a timing thing. Um, for so career-wise, I think there's just, there's just an options. You can go down modular in terms of I'm looking at um, the Institute, uh, the Irish Insti- Institute of um, the Institute of Management Ireland in terms of modules, in terms of management leadership, that type of thing. I got a I got a role in business manager for, as a for an executive Navy. That kind of ticked a lot of boxes. I'm doing a different role now. That's ticking different boxes. And I'm looking at the former communication. I suppose I'm looking at kind of more project work that gets me where identifying the skills I want to improve on, the competencies that I want to um, gain and improve. And that's the way I've kind of gone about it. Uh, that That's what suits me. And I suppose the other thing that's been a personal side of things, it's a lot of time. I've done a master's part-time. I didn't have any... Um, not responsibilities, I did responsibilities, but I didn't have, I, I suppose I was looking after myself primarily, and I suppose I've, I've recently moved, moved in with my girlfriend at the moment, and that's kind of, um, it's not just your decision then, it's kind of like you're, you make that decision, but you're putting someone else out, and you're like, like masters, part-time are 20 hours a week of your life, so like it's not, like it's not light, um, you've got to make up 20 hours somewhere. Mm. Um, you can't go home at the weekends. You've got you might need to go out as much as you want to go out, or you might need to see your friends. Um, it just doesn't suit me um, for where I am at the moment. Um, so I'm going down a different a different route to get where I want to go. I guess is the thing. But you might actually pursue uh, at a later stage. You know? Yeah, like the the advice I got from a lot of people was that you won't have the experience actually to contribute to it. You won't get as much out of it. Um, yeah. There's a lot of that that you, you get more out of this, even though the timing is better now because you have more time. Mm-hmm. In five, ten years' time, you'll actually get a lot more out of it. Um, and the the, the 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 thing is, a bang for your buck. Like it's time, it's money. Um, in two years' time, what will you? What can you guarantee you got out of it from not from doing it versus not doing it? And it just wasn't ticking enough boxes for me. So mm. that's where I made my decision. I guess. No, that's that's fair enough. Um, and what is your approach to solving a difficult problem? Um, difficult this problem. maybe work work problem or personal. Can you give me an example, or am I <laughs> to probe? <laughs> um, let's just say I don't know your your boss or someone came up to you and he gave you okay, Kevin. Look, you have to do this within two weeks. We have no idea how to do it. Like, what is your approach? Like, how would you solve something that you're overwhelmed or you have no idea um, on how to actually do it? Um, it sounds like my sweet spot. Like I like being asked to do that kind of oh, stuff yeah? because it's because it's because it's interesting. It's it's new. No one's no one else been no one else has been asked to do it. Hmm. You know, in two weeks it's going to be done. Something will be delivered. There's an outcome, um, which is, um, which is good. Um, like I suppose I don't know. I don't know. Have a a, a, a what you call it a blue like a here's a blueprint, a, a, yeah. a blueprint or a playbook for how we hmm. do things. I generally try and find out as much about it as I can. I talk to people. I research it. I try and get comfortable with the idea um, and how you go about solving the problem, and then I kind of I seek, seek counsel on once I have, um, once I have that. I suppose it's it's different if you're trying to like most of these problems you'd be asked to you're not being asked to do it on your own. Um, sometimes it depends on roles. So if you're again, an individual contributor, you're working on your own, which is fine. Um, but a lot of cases in teams, you're you're working with you might be managing people. You've got to get them on board. Um, so you've got to bring them on a journey as well. So you might take, need to take that into account, if that makes sense. You mm. might need to get people to work for you. 
Um, so you might need to seek their counsel and actually um, get their consensus on here's the approach. You might get them. You might need them to actually build the approach and then get them say this is the right way to do it. Do you know, so it depends what the if you're doing it yourself or if you're getting people to do it for in your team. Mm. Um, if it, you know that individual versus management. So, um, like it just probably depends. But I think the the best thing is get people on board, talk to people as much as possible, do your research, don't reinvent the wheel, get something working, fail fast, um, fail often, like get it, like get something going because there's no point getting up to two weeks showing something to someone and then going it's not right you need mm-hmm. to show something early get their feedback is it right they might tell you it doesn't look right it's wrong and then and start again or whatever like so um that would be my advice and clarify always clarify you gotta you can't if you like ambiguity ambiguity can kill um you know it, it's just communication thing but it can mix it can leave so many people confused if they don't know what um if not everyone's on the same page and it's very hard because your interpretation of what you said is vers- is different than what you heard that a person heard yeah um so i think it's good to um yeah do your research see counsel um fail fast um clarify um what's the word what people other say people say um under promise and over deliver you know that's what keeps you safe because you can always say no that that's not achievable but like don't say you can't do something then yeah. go back and say you can't do it so you're, for your own like, ma- like manage expectations is a really important thing with managing your boss I guess and, and trying to uh, understand what they're looking for and also managing people that work for you that they understand what they're um, what they need to get from you as well and that they're all on the same page so mm. it's not a sorry, it's not really a definite answer but it's just a brain dump of stuff there no, to it's a good sense yeah and what is the most enjoyable part of your job? Like, what do you enjoy the most? Um, do, 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 do. I think it goes back to what I kind of said earlier. I think it's like learning stuff, um, learning. learning stuff, yeah, and work on new stuff, work on new projects. Um, I suppose where I've hit my the tough tough roles for me have been the runs where I'm kind of working in B like business as usual type stuff, and it's probably not as interesting and um maybe trying to again this is where you need to find I suppose one thing that you figure out when you're maybe in different roles or even people higher higher up um, is that they need people around them to have complementary skills so if you're a very innovative person but you're not very good at closing a project you need someone in your executive team that might be good at you know might be very detailed and might might close it out and might think of different things you don't all we don't all think the same um, mm-hmm. so um, I think um for me, it's probably one thing. I, I it's, it's probably self awareness thing that you kind of learn. Um, it can't, maybe goes back to one of the things that you, you asked earlier. But what's the what's the advice to twenty year old? Self awareness would be a good thing as well. Um, but knowing what you're, what you have to work hard at. Don't leave the thing you don't like doing until the end of the day. Or like, you know, you have to just because you don't like doing something doesn't mean you can't. Yeah, you won't do it. You have to do. Just thing we don't. Um, the things we all don't like don't like doing that we need to do if that makes sense no, it does, and um you just need to be aware of what those things are and put the time away to actually get them done um so for me it would probably be a lot of the, yeah process stuff and um like even and i've started, I've started to enjoy some of it but even like some of the project management stuff and like because i'd be very much like here idea right good idea let's go rather than actually taking like i've had to train myself to take a step back and slow it down a bit and um that type of thing so that's probably yeah it's probably more in the be like when things start to run 
and they're not as interesting they're not new and not exciting that's when I get bored and that's when I'm kind of like okay I don't want to be here anymore uh, so for you the biggest factor just always learning always learning it's a lot of it yeah for me so far yeah mm. and that will probably change at some point I'll probably get sick of that side, so. <laughs> yeah. but at the moment at the moment yeah it's um, there's a lot to learn and um, uh, I, 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 I couldn't imagine being in the one role for the one career for um, for a huge amount of time um, at the moment Mm-hmm. And what do you don't like about your job? Um, don't know, don't know my job. Jeez, I don't know that. That's all right. I'll give you a few minutes to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll come back to that one. And Kevin, how do you define being productive? Because I think being busy and being productive are two different things and um, so how do you define productive um yeah like this one's probably this one probably <laughs> probably very straightforward for me like you think like what did you, what did you deliver at the beginning of the day what did you have to do what did you like you can keep this very simple write three things down and start out did you get them done but then if you're not doing the th- those things that are like the most efficient manner like maybe you did something yes you completed the project but it's not necessarily correct so you have to do it again. Sorry, maybe, uh, yeah, I think the, I suppose the way I was looking at it, you could be busy doing stuff and not delivering anything. Mm. You could be asked to do something and not fail because you're afraid of failing. Mm. So, like, I suppose my point would be you've got to be trying to get things out. You've mm. got to, there's got to be an outcome. You've got to be showing something. Somewhere. You've got to be doing another report. You've got to be writing up that document. You've got to get through the workflow. Whatever it is that you do, you've got to get through them. You can't just be playing around with it all day I guess afraid of failing like you can't be that would be my that's what I suppose I'm getting at there I suppose you can see like have an open have an open or growth mindset in terms of how you approach things or what other people's ideas are and um, but make sure like I suppose be willing to grow be willing to put yourself outside your comfort zone that you'll actually you will get things done um, because you can tend to like look at something for so long and it's kind of like paralysis by analysis that kind of thing so my advice would be just to get going get something out once you're like see clarity and all that kind of do your do your background but like once you're comfortable just get working on it get stuck in um, but it, I think the difference in being busy and being what was the thing you said productive productive yeah it's outcomes yeah. what did you what did you deliver be very simple like um, like there's all loads of things around working smarter and planning and all that kind of stuff but um there's those things you learn and you should be coached on and different things like that but bottom line you need to get stuff out mm. um, what did you okay. do each day um, did you do like I don't know are you following your plan are you doing your exercise are you stick, getting right sleep all that kind of stuff so um, yeah yeah interesting uh, this is a very serious question so we're going to get a little bit deep they're all serious <laughs> uh, so if you had to choose one superpower what would that superpower be superpowers <laughs> Um, do, 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 do. These, these are anything I, guess, I, I think the idea of teleportation is pretty cool um, that's pretty amazing I think um, I've often, it's, I think it's a thing like, isn't, so like, yeah, I think for me that would be uh, awesome that would be an, um, that would be pretty cool like imagine being able to just like go everywhere you wanted instantly there's so. a movie about that actually I think where the, did you ever see it where the man just you can just teleport to wherever you want. No, I actually I haven't. I the name, but, but I'll, I, I'll research and I'll let you know. Um, on a more serious one, it'd probably be like um, 
being able to like take in more information than I can at the moment, like that'd be pretty handy. You just be information and knowledge is quite powerful, and the more you know, the more you're informed, the more you can understand things, all that kind of stuff. So I think if I was able to work, figure out how my brain works to make him do that better, that'd be great. But um, teleportation, otherwise. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. And if you could do any other job besides what you're doing right now, what would that job be? Um, they, I like. I suppose I, I'd probably be a hypocrite if I didn't say it. like you can do whatever you want. Like so, if, there's not, that. so there's nothing like if I want to do something else right now, I should be doing it. Mm. Um, within reason, I think it should just be if I have a goal, if you have a goal, just set out and do it. Like um, so, I'm like I'm. I'm happy where I am at the moment. Um, I. Like, you think you should always have an open mind and like, think about what your options are and um like things change as well like isn't like you're you go like, like I said like you when you're when you um making decisions on your own it's probably easier just to do what you want like you might have got, I might have traveled a couple of years ago but then um like, like now I'm making more decisions as a relationship and, that, and that's different and you've got different considerations and different things like that um I think that um uh, the one thing on that would be that like I think like things that bring people together are really powerful um, like so if I was to do anything that I haven't I'm not doing at the moment and not, not, not really able to do it probably be like something in sports um, I think it's really powerful like the way it brings people together especially like you look at you know the crowds of people that turn up to like games and different things and they, they're so passionate about their teams mm. and like that common right, and generally for quite positive things like you've got communities based on sport and then kind of grows up to your towns and different things like that and counties and countries and all that kind of stuff. But I think sports is really powerful and bringing people together from a really positive point of view and um, it's bridged a lot of divides um, across the world. So I think um, I would have liked to win the sports player at some stage, I'm sure. Um, so that's probably one thing. But yeah. And what are you currently most excited about? This may be personal or work. What time does this interview finish? <laughs> uh, no, uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of good stuff going on in the world at the moment. I think the media is probably a bit. I think you, you listen to news and it's quite negative. I, I try to see the other side of it and it's quite quite positive. Um, lots of really strong initiatives going on in. Um, like climate change at the moment it's really topical and I know there's not a bad stuff going on there as well but like I think the fact that tech, there's a lot of technology, technology kind of and human kind of initiatives kind of to fix some of these problems I think you've got things like cleaning the oceans you kind of like renewable energies um, you've got like things like, like things are going to change the world like 5G at the moment blockchain um, augmented reality all these things like there's lots of things that bring the world closer together um, I think it's the important thing is um, and I'm not sure if this is something like um, the, we all need to take into account, and I guess I mean this is in global. You need to understand, you need to understand people. You need to understand what their point of view are. Then to be, and then you can kind of get your point of view across because we all come from different backgrounds. Where like everyone has a different perspective on things based on where they grow up. Like there's nature and there's nurture, and I think it's really important that um, I think going forward that like people understand that and they're taught that earlier. Uh, or there's some kind of initi- initiatives in either in their homes or schools or something to actually 
educate people on backgrounds and things like that and cultural differences and all that kind of stuff because it's just we're just there's subtle differences in our backgrounds and yeah. they make our personality traits very different and um if you don't if you can't appreciate that or if you're you're not aware of that then you can end up uh, upsetting somebody or they could you, you know you might you might not understand them and you might think they're annoyed with you or pissed off at you or something like that and it's actually just it's just a cultural thing and you just need to be aware of it um so um so again it's probably something i wish i learned a bit earlier probably wasn't aware of it um but that importance of um uh being aware of different backgrounds but i think there's a lot of good stuff going on in the world at the moment in terms of like technology and how it can actually um help some of the things that like probably humanity's faced with at the moment um so that's probably what I'm most excited about like the, the, a lot of good companies and the, the the rhetoric seems to be in the right direction at the moment um so i think that's positive yeah because you mentioned global warming pollution and I, I, I literally think it's the biggest problem we're all facing right now like this should be the number one on everybody's list so yeah it is it isn't yeah, yeah and i and i think there's probably small but i don't know like i'm not a scientist so i don't know if it's over the top sometimes with here in, in the media but like i do think there's well, it's definitely a problem <laughs> no it's definitely a problem yeah but like i suppose how do you like i don't know where it's going to end up but what i have seen is that there has been um actions taken to actually trying to do things about it i guess yeah. and, that, and that's a positive and there, there's a huge awareness about it now yeah Um. so i think all those things like i think i'm very much like um i think you I suppose my point on it would be there's a, there's a way to solve problems and like this that you can kind of get either change entire communities or you make the solution so compelling that everyone just buys into it. You can make it so such a no-brainer. I'm on the I'm on the ladder of that. Like I I think it's if you if we can come up with solutions like whether technology or I think technology enables a lot of them that makes it so compelling that this is a better way to do things. The, the, the sheep will follow if that makes sense. You know what I mean? But if you're asking people to change their livelihoods. And their way of life and their backgrounds, and you don't understand what they're like, what that is. That's harder. To, like it's harder to change the whole flock like that. If that makes sense because everyone's got different perspectives. So you need you need kind of solutions that will gather as much people as possible to to get momentum in behind it. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Like, so like electric like, electric cars. Well, there's another positive yeah. thing that's going on as well. Like, isn't we? You know, so all that kind of stuff. I think will. Um, I hope we're not doomed. So I, I'm more positive that we, we can fix whatever um, situation we've got ourselves into than we can't. That that, that we're going to doom ourselves if that makes sense. No, I said I, I believe in the power. I believe in people. Like hmm. I'd like to believe in it. And when you say solutions, like do you mean business solutions, like business providing products, so the customers have no choice but to use this product because it's clearly the best one out there. Like um, the electric car, for example, like yeah. Tesla is unbelievable. Like compared to any other car, but of course the expense on it. But the expense, yeah. Like, again, that goes back yeah. to you got to make it compelling for people. Like mm. it's not that's not a compelling story at the moment. So like you've got to make it. Um, I think you've got. I'm not sure if it's a Renault something at the moment, but like a petrol version is like eighteen grand versus a electric car version is thirty six grand. That's not a good story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to make it compelling for people. So like, um, give them the option to give them a, like like don't make it don't make it so expensive or put them out of their lives so much that it, it, that they will that they, they will not to do it like that's my point on it I guess and that's how you turn the dial on it um, but I think there's a lot of good stuff going on so I think like technology is changing so rapidly I don't think people can keep up with it so I think that's um, hopeful that it'll uh, 
little like that's where the title turn and there will be a like, public private sector i think both i think the pu- private sector will have to react to it i think there's a lot of opportunity there i think a lot of people probably younger generation are going to come out and go like this is you you're all like a couple of generations ahead you're mad this is more important i'm going doing it we're going doing this for whatever reason and we're going to probably make a lot of money along the way and we're going to save a lot of we're doing a lot of the right things 100 percent um because they, diff- they have a different perspective on it and um they're they didn't grow up like the people people are older maybe grew up with different um what's the word um again that's part of the culture or their nature their nurture their backgrounds how they were born their way of life they don't think of things the same way I think you think people think differently again it's fine you just need to understand people's perspectives on things mm. um, and do you have any unusual or weird habits in general things that kind of absurd things that you like to do um Terrible habit. I pick my nails a lot. It's mm. probably the height to be honest. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm probably quite fidgety. Um, so that's probably the. I just need to probably down to who I, who I am as well. But probably need to relax a small bit. But um, yeah, I'm probably a bit fidgety. And speaking of relaxing, what do you do to relax? I like to like. I'm very different in work than I am outside of work. I'm quite. I'm probably very. Um, like you come across quite driven or like not as fun maybe in work or whatever like and outside I'm probably a very different person I probably lead more in work I'm very much a follower of my friends um, I'm very I'm, I'm rarely the person to come up come up with an idea to go out and do fun stuff but I'd be the first to kind of go this is a great idea if that makes sense let's do it, yeah. uh, let's do it. I'll be a follower there um, that's just kind of my role in my groups and um, um, I like going for hikes exercising spending time with friends family a few drinks um, yeah that type of stuff like music I'd like to read more I probably don't um, that's probably one of my things I should do better but um, I just find it hard I'd be back to routine earlier on finding time I, don't, I wouldn't put the time away to read that often so like I'm reading the bus now at the moment and I'm good for reading when I go on holidays but apart from that I don't read too much but um, yeah I think it, it just it's just good to spend time with people I think I'm very I'm probably very people person outside of um, probably inside and outside of um, work and um, yeah I think that's that's where I'm probably I'd probably be weird if I was on my own the whole time to be honest I probably wouldn't be very happy mm. and what are some of the books that have made the biggest influence in your life um, the this probably I don't haven't read too many books it's quite easy for me okay. um, but there's a book by I can't remember what the guy's name is but it's called Sapiens it's like a brief history of humankind um, it kind of talks about things that I was talking about there, about like nature and nurture and like how we end up where we are and different perspectives and backgrounds. And Malcolm Gladwell has one on outliers, which kind of touches on some of that stuff. Um, there are two books that are kind of complementary in terms of that kind of stuff. Um, there is a book on uh, bounce, it's called. It's like the 10,000 hour rule. It's basically to get good at something, you have to work hard. There's no shortcuts. It's just like it. It's not, they're not. They're not like silver bullets, but it's just kind of like this kind of a guy. Like you, you just need to put in the hours. Sometimes you need to do. Um, there is no shortcuts for people. People work hard. The people that get to the best top of the world, um, they're relentless. Like they just they don't stop, and they're um, they're genius or they're crazy or they're whatever. Like, but they are driven um, to do stuff. Um, but it's just that's how people like um, get to where they get to. Like they they deserve it generally. Um, the some good books. Um, there's one on like actually recently is like um, 
Phil McMahon wrote one. He's a he's a Dublin footballer. Um, he's won know, he's six All Stars in a huge amount of All Irelands. Um, but it's about like having the choice, and if you don't like something, just change it. Um, don't settle if you're not happy. If you're not happy at work, if you're not happy with the person you're with, if you're not happy with your friends, change it. You've got the choice. Um, you have the power. So like, no excuses. Um, but like being aware of that. And so like books, I suppose, generally give you lessons. I guess are the ones that I probably probably like the most. There's a couple I haven't read that. Um, there is one. Uh, I think it's Stephen Coveney's. Um, is it Stephen Coveney's? Uh, the seven seven habits. Yeah. Seven habits. That is. Um, that has that comes up time and time again as something I'm going to read. Um, it's it's meant to be excellent. Um, like every training session I've been to that recently, it just like keeps talking about it. It's just it's kind of just a good guide. Keep yourself on um, centered, and um, yeah, that's kind of yeah. They're probably they're probably some of the best ones I've read. Yeah, but like again, I don't I don't read enough flat, so I'm probably not the best to judge. Well, you read you read enough. Um, if you could display a single message to the whole world, uh, what would that message be? Let me explain a single message to the world. Yeah, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier. I think a lot of the I think a lot of the conflicts in the world are based on the fact that people don't understand where different people are coming from, and it'd be. Um, I don't know. How would you put it into a sentence? It's around understanding people. I'm guilty of this. I have been guilty of this. I'll be guilty of it again. But constantly, I think a lot of the challenges with um, the, like a lot of negative stuff going on in the world, and there's tons of negative stuff, there's loads of positive stuff, but like there's a lot of negative stuff as well. And we've a long way to go. Is that people don't understand their backgrounds, and I think sometimes people are unwilling to see other other people's side of the story. Um, they just go off and we're this and you're that and. I don't want anything to do with you, that type of thing. And I think it's probably the, I don't think that brings people closer together. I think it's, I think, um, I think a good example of this is probably what happened in Northern Ireland. And I'm not actually overly familiar with like the actual details, but like, I think Bill Clinton has been um, for all his uh, all the negative stuff that he <laughs> he's been associated with, some of the positive stuff. He talked to both parties in that situation. My understanding is and. But by him talking to them, realised that they both wanted to talk to each other, but they couldn't be seen to be talking to each other because that was that would have gone against their um, the backing of their their own people and what their people wanted. Um, but that brought about the Good Friday Agreement, um, and that's seen as um, I suppose that's seen as kind of a I don't know a guide a blueprint of how to do that, how to reconcile that kind of stuff. Um, and that's had its issues, but like compared to where we were in the seventies. 80s um like northern Ireland's, like it's a great place to be um so um i think yeah to for people to try and be able to see other people's side of the story and why do they think like, think like that and things are going to change generations change whatever you think today is going to be different in 50 years or 100 years or might not even matter you know what i mean but um right now i think it's for you um because otherwise you just be frustrated and you might hate people and things like that. And yeah. You should. You shouldn't. You should just understand where they're coming from, their perspective on things. Like everyone has a right to, like I think, to an opinion, and they believe things for for whatever reason, whether it's their religion or whatever yeah. it is. But um, whatever that background is or their nationality. But um, yeah, just maybe more about understanding people. Um, 
But yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, Kevin, listen, I think we'll cut off the interview now. I, I say you're eager to just stop, stop this, and go back to work. So I've yeah, got, I've got another meeting to go to. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you so much for coming I, on. Thanks, Dom. Yeah, right. Best see you of luck the rest of your series. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it'd be pretty cool if you shared it with your friends or anyone else who you think would benefit from it. You can find all the show notes by going to the website chasingpassion.e. That is chasingpassion.e. Thank you for listening today and I hope you enjoyed the episode.